Welcome to the Positively Star Wars Senate Podcast. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. May the Force be with you. Looky, looky, Senator. This is Jedi arriving. Republic fans, and welcome to a special episode of the Positively Star Wars Senate podcast, where we are concentrating solely on the High Republic. This episode is recorded on Sunday, the 5th of March, 2023, using the powerful diode of the Force, which connects two Force-sensitive beings, making them one with the Force, and sharing a connection that spans across time and space, otherwise known as Microsoft and Skype, in this case. And as ever, I am the Chancellor in the Senate, the obligatory Brit contingent, and I am joined in our very uh, much smaller confines uh, this week by my two fellow American crews across that great pond. Uh, I am joined on Skype by Ryan. Hello there. And Ricky. Hello. Um, yes, we are going to talk solely about the higher public and things that have happened since we last really um, delved into it, which is actually back in December when we talked about the first book of uh, Phase 2, Wave 1, I believe, which was Path of Deceit, uh, which if you haven't read it yet, then uh, spoilers are going to be coming up. And uh, if you have skipped that book for any reason, I, I think we would all suggest to you that you should go back and read it and uh, take a box of tissues with you. So we are going to discuss, oh, I can't remember, the junior, is it junior novel, isn't it? Middle grade as we call it. Yeah, the crest for the hidden city. I'm saying this, I haven't actually got anything in front of me, so I'm actually using my brain to remember titles here. We'll talk about that one very briefly for reasons that we will get into. And then we want to talk about Convergence, which I think was the first main novel adult novel yeah yeah and then the audio drama which was the battle for Jeddah, or the battle oh. of Jeddah. none of us can quite remember but it's a battle and it's on Jeddah, so it's all all fair and love and war so going back in time to whenever it was released i can't remember now does anybody know the quest for the hidden city it all came out in january <laughs> uh, i'm just getting up in i should have done this beforehand but we sort of ad hoc got ourselves it was actually november of course really? it's the first one which came out wasn't it in uh over here we got this one before path for deceit in the uk yeah yes yeah, so it was actually released on the november the 1st 2022 the author was george mann and there were 240 pages in it and i've actually got the physical book oh, in front of me where is it hang on you just oh, draw yeah. it across the room just picking it up. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it now. There you go. You can hear oh, it. Oh, you bought the physical book for... Uh, I've actually got the physical book. And I'm pleased to say that uh, it's got some images in it as well. Mm. Um, so, which is very handy. So, very good artwork. And uh, although there are 240 pages, and that'd be enough to put off somebody like me when they say that it's a book and it's got 240 pages, this is like a mini-sized book. 
So uh, there's basically about two paragraphs on each page. Um, and the text is much bigger. So don't let that put you off, folks. And it's quite a quite a, a uh, simple kind of book. You're not going to get too well. You're not going to get too confused in it. Though there are probably too many characters in it for me. People uh, skip over people skip over the middle grade books, but I feel like they still have generally good information on the universe as a whole. So who were the, who were the main antagonists? Uh, main, I'm trying to read the back of my book, which I put fortunately. Um, I haven't got a great memory. That's why I can't remember too much. Well, there's uh, a there's Master Salandra Show. That's it. And Edouan, uh Rupert Natini, who's a uh, yes, and Salandra's the one with the shield, yeah, who also sure. is is in the audio drama uh, to get to as yeah, well. Yeah, makes it it's kind of confusing. That's why I'm glad I read Quest before the audio drama because the audio and I'm just not a fan of audio dramas, I guess. But the way they explained the shield was really difficult for an audio drama, where the middle grade book discussed it really well. And gave it backstory, how she believes Jedi should always be the defense. So she's like, of course I'm going to have a shield. I, I don't ever want to pull my lightsaber. And she really and she uses the force to keep it floating in front of her, which is always a cool thing. Yeah, they use it as a sort of a, uh, like a surfboard, don't they, in this, in this book? It's uh, a shield. I don't, I don't know if they serve, because it's a plasma shield, uh, almost from like Naboo type of thing. I seem to remember it floating. Yeah, this is about investigating. There's a Pathfinder team, wasn't it? Yeah, Pathfinder team droid shows up at the start, coming with some sort of warning, and then, then uh, some sort of cryptic message. So, Jedi Knight, Salandra Rowe, and a Padawan, Rupa, um, where Natini are sent to find the missing team members, and their investigation leads them to the planet Glom. Glom? Glom. 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 Uh, I think in the, in the audio book it said Glom. Glom, Glom, yeah. I got confused. It was Glom. What were the two names? The Glom, and there was the Moon, wasn't there? Well, it was uh, and Glom. Right, that's it, yeah. Um, I don't know what the audio book was, but it, for me reading it definitely looks like Abadas. Ah, uh, yes, because I, I, I haven't got a clue how that is written. So Abadas is the Moon, isn't it? Was it the other way around? No, they're two planets. They're oh, like, two planets. Just, I thought the other one was yeah. a Moon, because... Um, so Glome is where they... Uh, oh, I haven't listened you know, to this. Yeah, Happy House is, yeah, is the main thing, all the bats, and, and Glome is the one where, where the weird, where the weird um, stuff is going on. Yeah, and one also, was used for mining, and then they ended up destroying yes, the planet. that's right. And that's also where um, the hyperspace explorer Spencer and his son Das are stranded. So most of the books, um, the story we're following, is, the, is Spence and his son trying to survive yes. on the planet, and then uh, Salandra and Rupert trying to find out what's going on. In the Return yeah, so of Sunshine Dobbs. <laughs> I think it's Abadas, the planet Abadas, asked for the Jedi's help, or the Republic's help, because the planet is experiencing an energy crisis, which is because yes. they pretty much mined to death the moon or the other twin planet, whichever it was, Guam. They mined it to death, and now they don't have energy to run their planet anymore so the jedi go there to help and they're and they find all this other mystery and they find people who have crashed on glom and there's this weird sickness which i thought was really cool there's the weird sickness that these bat-like species because it's a bat-like species that no longer flies which i thought was really interesting mm -hmm. uh, they all yeah. use like hubs for everything um evolution is a bit of a bugger isn't it they've uh, we've all got the wings but they don't fly 
And they're massive rings, going by the artwork that's in here. The um, I don't know if you guys have ever... Steve, you have the book? You didn't. You the audio. No, I heard the audio book of it only. Okay. The, those rings, those ring spans are absolutely massive. Mm. Uh, yeah. With sort of claws and stuff on it. Yeah. So it must be a right old pain to go around your daily life with uh, rings covering, you know, the whole length of your arms um, and trying to uh, do stuff. Not be able to use them to fly. Yeah, I know they, they go to Glom to try to save the people. They get inside of one of the ancient cities, which, again, I love the history. Where even though we're, what, like 350 years? Yeah, 350 years before Phantom Menace. It's like they're still teasing history in Star Wars even before that. Because it was like an ancient city uh, that had all these carvings and all this old technology. But they didn't care because they just, the other planet, Abadas, just mined the heck out of the one. And apparently released like an ancient virus, which I thought was really cool how they explained it. Um, is how it's stones, and the stones are almost poisoning the species, and it's only this this species that it poisons, and it turns like their blood to crystals type of thing, yes. and it makes them go crazy. So, and now that I started watching Last of Us, it very much reminds me of that. So it's where they're kind of poisoned. There's something natural that inhabits people that makes them just go totally nuts, um, and when they bite and hurt other people, it transmits like i said it's more of a crystal thing instead of a i won't spoil anything last of us but what they use for their weird zombie people um but yeah it was a middle grade so there wasn't a ton to it it was more like here's some problems uh we need energy this planet is a dead you know planet or moon of glom whatever it is it's almost a dead celestial body now because we we don't want to use that anymore and it kept poisoning everybody so the Jedi go there, they pretty much save them, and then at the end, it's like, well, uh, you have a big enough planet where we can use your own natural resources, such as, like, the sun and the wind, to power your one city. So, and that's kind of a short story on that. Um, and that was pretty much it. If anything, it helped introduce other characters. Like, I think Creighton's son was in there. Um, yeah, they just in include us, and they teased Jedi. And the, my biggest problem with Quest is it spoiled convergence for me. So for people reading, uh, definitely start with path of deceit and just a quick note on path of deceit. It's pretty much just an introduction to the villains of phase two, which is path of the open hand, which is remember, it's pretty much the backstory to the Nile. So path of deceit introduces a character of the mother and it introduces the path of the open hand. They have their own adventures. They have their own Jedi. It's a good story. Uh, but that's where people who skip young adult, that's I definitely need it because it introduces all those characters before getting to the adult book. Um, but I read the middle grade book first before the adult and it spoiled the adult book. So I was pretty upset because I ended up really enjoying the adult book and I could have enjoyed it more if it wasn't for freaking this middle grade book. It's it wasn't even needed in there. It's kind of weird that they put that in there. It was not needed at all. But um, I think there was some, let's say, but the order, because I say, I think the orders, the books came out and got this whole huge problem as well with um, the audio drama, the audio drama, the audible um, stuff doesn't always come at the same time as the books as well. So you can really end up in a, you can end up creating your own out of order um, sequence through no fault of your own, depending on what time the books or the audible stuff are released in your country. It doesn't help. Really, it doesn't help you to get things in a in a proper order. So I think actually this is supposed to be the first book, isn't it? 
before Papadocene, I think. Um, no, absolutely oh. read Papadocene. The reading order is Papadocene, yep. Convergence, then Quest for the Hidden City, yep. and you can read Jetta. So, I mean, really, Quest for the Hidden City can can even be, well, yeah, definitely read Quest before Battle of Jetta because it introduces Solander Show. Solander Show has yeah. a big in Battle of Jetta. Mm. And but the def- mother and everything, too. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely Path of Deceit and then Convergence. So, I kind of feel uh, like Path well, of Deceit was like the main book in this little um, series. Well, in, uh, in my head, it is like, yeah, it's almost like the opening number. Well, it is, but it, yeah. it feels like a, it feels like a, a big, felt like more of a book than uh, it Convergence. probably would have thought it would have. Oh, yeah, in some respects. Uh, oh, it so, all happens on the one planet, though, in Path of Deceit. Yeah, yeah. Quest also teased this uh, the paradise planet or the mystery planet or I believe it's going to be called Planet X because that's the next middle grade book. Oh, um, yes, that's right. Yes, they, they're teasing that too. So it's there's definitely it almost seems like this is more connected than Phase One just because the characters are introduced in other books and then like Crichton's son is introduced here, but then he's also in the Convergence book. Mm. So they're just. All of it. Well, no, I think they talk about Crichton's son. But Slander Show is introduced here, then she goes to Battle of, Battle of Jetta. So there's a lot of kind of back and forth and connectivity between them all. But as far as Quest for the Hidden City, uh, it was all right. It was, I didn't feel like it was too essential. and But it did introduce some characters that appear elsewhere, and they do tease the people that they find on Glom are the ones that Sunshine Dobbs screwed over to get to this hidden planet, which might be the planet where the nameless are from. So there's a lot of backstory to backfill it in that it still has something, but I would make it the third book that you read uh, behind Path and Convergence. There was a Jedi temple, wasn't there, that had been... I assumed that, go by my memory now, that that had been um, ransacked for artifacts in this. Yeah, which again, it did have some mystery, but it didn't felt didn't feel as important as per se path of deceit and convergence but it's as with the other middle grade books it's good backstories and filler in the universe so that's kind of my view on just that one absolutely it's a solid book it's easy to read i said there's probably a probably a few too many um characters in it for me at once at some at some stages but overall it's a easy enough story to pick up on and 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 a, and a reasonable story but no great uh you know you're not you're not going to miss out on too much if you don't read it. It does yeah. provide a lot of good backstory for Solandra. Yeah, for, for Solandra's backstory, it's probably yeah. that's the main reason to, to read it. But in terms of the greater overall plot, it's probably not as... Uh, it really is like a side quest story. Yeah. Which I think most of these junior ones are, but they, I think some of the... I can't remember now. Some of the previous ones in, in did... Did fit in crash to trust it race to crash point tower test of courage uh, race to crash point tower and yeah that, yeah that that fit in a bit more with the main story the crash point tower one I think um, but the first one the first one the test of courage didn't really uh, fit into the main arc originally I didn't think that was more that was more of a uh, different perspective uh, of the event yeah not that but it was also an introduction to Vernestra. Yeah, that's so true. Yes. That's her thing. 
there's because there's the Vanestra arc, which I feel is going to have a bigger play in phase three. But, you know, she was in the middle grade test of courage and then she moved up to the young adult, um, whatever, into the dark, out of the shadow, out of the shadows. And then she moved back down to the middle grade. And her arc was actually if you just read her arc as her arc, it's fantastic. And the way that her mission disaster teases this phase two wave one. Uh, was great too but i mean we won't stick too long on that we, we already covered we already discussed phase one yes okay um so i won't spend spend too much more time on on that uh, uh that book we'll move on to the more meaty one which was the main first meat proper meat mm. of the uh phase two meat which was which was convergence yeah so i got convergence written by uh good i oh, i had the name but i messed it up zardaya godova I, I had it memorized. I forgot it. But it's Convergence is the first adult novel in Phase 2, uh, Wave 1. So, and I had, so just so you know, I had all the notes that I took was 18,052 characters. Uh, I had written 3,300 words, and I have it now all reduced down to uh, one, one page of a Greg Rule book. <laughs> So. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Because normally your notes are longer than the book. Um, yeah. Just quite impressive. Yeah. So it's 18,000 characters down to one page in a Greg notebook. Uh, oh, and I apologize for the name, but Zoraida Kadorba. I know I messed it up before. I had it memorized, but I thought I could wing it, and I can't. I need notes. So anyway, I'll go through Convergence book. It's So this is, like I said, this is the main thing that kind of revolves. This is the big story for Phase 2, Wave 1, <clears throat> that all of them are going around. And it's about... The Forever War, which is five years, on the planet Hiram <laughs> Rona. And we've discussed it before. The Forever War is probably just much like here we have wars in the Middle East that have lasted forever, but it's gotten really bad in certain spans of time. So I still find that a weird term to use, Forever War. And it's like five years. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. So I wonder like, characters like it's finally ending, and oh my gosh, we gotta finally get I'm this. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I wonder if it's a uh, if it's a reverse psychology. Maybe they don't mean it's gone on forever. Maybe they feel like it's going to go on forever. Mm. Yeah, That's but they definitely of... disliked a long time. So again, this is this is kind of what Phase Two goes around. It's the war between the twin planets, Iram and Arona. So Iram and Arona. Um, so all the peace talks, all the battles, everything going back to Dalna all the peace summaries and all everything kind of revolves around these two, which I think was really good. Uh, and it kind of features the main cast of characters. Uh, we got four Jedi, mainly the two Jedi uh, masters, Sharul Roy and master Crichton son. And then the big one, which is seen on the cover is Gela Natai. So she's the Jedi Knight who's surprisingly 30 years old. Cause <laughs> uh, I, I thought she was younger too, until they says I'm 30. I'm like, Oh, okay. So yeah. I thought I had, she was like Vern's age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, she's 30, but she's a knight. She's still learning. And then uh, the main kind of characters between the two. And again, that's I'm starting to realize maybe I just really like Romeo and Juliet romance style books because Lost Stars is one of my favorite Star Wars books. And honestly, I've read this one. I thought it was great. I'm listening to the audiobook, and I'm not going to lie. It was straight up bringing tears to my eyes because I just love the storytelling of two warring planets that have hated each other forever, but it's up to the kids of the king and queen to get along to try to end the peace. So it has uh, Ziri Albaran from the planet um, Irona, 
and then Fantu Zen from the planet Iram. And, you know, one's like a desert planet that's used for mining. So it's this culture that was raised on war. You hold a knife from birth type of thing. And, and you prove yourself in battle. Like, you're king by being the strongest. And then there's uh, Iram, which is a wa- almost a complete water planet. Uh, minus islands and stuff like that and they're relatively peaceful they rely on each other they go to the sea for sustenance where Erona is a dead you know not really a dead planet but it's mostly a desert planet so it's very brutal where iram is very life-giving and everyone gets along more so i love the romeo and juliet style storytelling where they're mortal enemies but uh they kind of fall in love type of thing so their adventures is it starts off with um, the planet Erona is getting an ice delivery from their allies because they're running out of water. They got droughts. Planet Iram is getting aid from the Jedi. And then one of the two chancellors, because remember we got Chancellor Greylark and we have Chancellor Malo. So Greylark takes care of all the stuff on, on Coruscant. And Malo's the one that goes around and kind of just takes care of the outer rim. So, but Malo shows up when these two other ships arrive for aid, and Malo kind of causes a big disaster. He gets in everyone's way. They ended up kind of crashing. One ship um, from planet Erona kind of gets sabotaged, and it's falling to the planet. It explodes, and it deactivates uh, a Ziri ship, which is the princess of Erona. And she falls down to the planet Iram. They think it's an attack. The city wants to blow it up. She crashes into the water, and the prince of the planet Iram jumps in to save her and pulls her out. So immediately you have like this hate from kind of each other. We're like they're the enemies, but he couldn't not save somebody because he cares about saving life. So they have that big disaster where Fantu the prince saves Ziri the princess, um, and they kind of just like each other from there. They're like, okay, we're going to try to get along, and. So they can get the princess back to Erona, they decide to have peace talks, which doesn't go well between the parents. Uh, skipping a bunch of stuff here. It doesn't go well for the parents. They hate each other. They're constantly just nitpicking at each other where, you know, you bombed my city, you bombed civilians, you destroyed my water towers. So all this stuff back and forth. It eventually ends up that Princess Ziri is like, the only way to get past this is to ignore our parents in Back 200 years prior, when these two planets had peace, it was because of mutual marriage between the planets. So they agree. She proposes marriage to Fantu, to Prince Fantu, uh, and he agrees also, all while arguing with the parents, because they're like, this is a Jedi mind trick. You guys are just trying to twist us. This is the Republic. So I definitely found this story of a younger generation trying to move past the, the disaster of the older generation. A very, very touching story. And Who's then, the, the little Jedi that was, was she a Padawan or was she a knight, the one that suggested that? Padawan? No, no, it was Gela. Gela was just talking to Ziri about it because okay. she's like, well, how did you guys have peace before? And it's like, well, 200 years ago, it was, Gela says, it's 200 years ago, it was by marriage. And that's when Princess Ziri is like, you know what, this is what we're going to do. And it surprises everybody. The The Padawan was Enya, who's barely in the Enya. book. Yeah, she was uh she kind of pops in and says stuff and runs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's the teenage kind of point of view in certain things, but she's rarely in it. She just has some lines here and there. Um so they they offer marriage to it, and then pretty much from there he accepts and the Chancellor Malo is very excited. This is the longest ceasefire they've had, like three or four days. And 
they go on like an aid delivery. They announce to both planets that they're getting married. They go to deliver aid through Arona. Remember, the, like the desert planet, they go through there. They get welcomed with open arms at some points, and then they get shot at in other points. So there's a lot of doing a press tour. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So they do a lot of beats. You know, they do a lot of stuff there. Um, I find it interesting, like some of the other characters. There's the monarch of Arona, of the desert planet, Ziri's dad. And he has this viceroy who's always whispering like evil things into his ear. And it just reminded me of Lord of the Rings and Wormtongue, where he's like, they're just trying to take over. This is a Jedi trick. And then he's like, this is a Jedi trick. You know, so it's <laughs> they have great characters in this where you just wanted to hate them. And they ended to get ended up getting their come up, come up anyway. So they offer marriage. Um, and it's revealed that the path of the open hand has spies there on Iram and Arona because they want the war. They want you know, they want the Jedi involved. They want people that they want disasters. Um, but the big thing is revealed is and again, spoilers for all this, is that remember we have the drill ships from Midnight Horizon, which I loved. They have, well, this is kind of their uh, history on them. So they have the drill ships here. Well, they have the drill ships and the water planet Iram secretly developed bioweapons to battle the drill ships. So but those bioweapons ended up using uh, towards the path of the open hand for their like poison grenades type of thing. So this is an earlier version of the Niles poison grenades, mm -hmm. which are developed in the middle grade books. Uh, it's a mission to disaster. It, it gives the backstory on how those are developed. So it has the drill ships. It has all the bioweapons. It's also revealed that Axel Greylark, the son of the other chancellor, who's just like swashbuckling rich kid type of thing, always gambling. He hates the Jedi because his dad died because Jedi weren't able to help. And now he works for the path kind of like not too slyly, but he just hates the Jedi and the path of the open hand hates the Jedi. So he's teaming up them. So that was a big reveal. Uh, the wedding. So then we skip all the stuff. They finally have a wedding. And I loved, 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 loved the wedding scene because I picture it all in my head. And what happens is if someone sets off a beacon, like Axel sets off a beacon to himself because now bounty hunters want Axel because he's causing all these problems and they want to pretty much capture him and get him arrested and all this other stuff. And so now all these bounty hunters come to the planet um, during the wedding. So Axel's creating chaos. He's creating all this stuff. So now you have this wedding going on and then you have an army of bounty hunters outside the wedding trying to get in. Well, now that this wedding is happening, the Republic sent, you know, a bunch of Jedi pretty much just for security reasons. And sure enough, all the bounty hunters are like, we're going in to get Axel Greylark because we want this bounty and all the Jedi. So there's a big battle between bounty hunters and Jedi, which is really cool. Um, one thing during that battle, which I found was really funny, is one of the bounty hunters says, you know, Jedi are just a bunch of dirty wizards. And Enya, the Padawan, is like, why does wizard always have to be taken in a negative term? So I love that we're getting all sorts of backstory on the term wizard spoken once by one random character in Phantom Menace. We're getting the backstory on that one word. So mm. I, I did find that funny. Is there not, is there not to, uh, I think when this first start, I mean, when I first started reading this, I was, it took me a while to get into the book. I seem to remember the first third was a little bit 
well, it wasn't really, as we're not, not these birds, I'm not really sure what's going on. But once uh, uh, once the scenes are set, I actually found out, uh, well, there's a bit of a negative press, I think, wasn't there, online about, uh, about this book. A uh, bit of a mixed reaction. Most people say, oh, this is not the book I expected it to be. Uh, and things like that. And I think that got into my head a little bit uh, before I started reading it. So, uh, you know, the first three or four chapters, I was thinking, oh my God, this is as bad as this, there's a saying online. Um, but then after a while, Rooney got into it and uh, it done out sense. But I think Rooney, uh, you know, that couple um, is what really, uh, really helped me uh, get into it um, in terms of believing in them and believing that they can bring peace and. Uh, so oh, it's a bit like the, the spin-off from um, we had with Marda and oh, I've forgotten his name in Path of Deceit, uh, with their little uh, sweet romance. And now we have another kind of uh, uh, romance in in uh, in this book. And there's probably people already going, there's too much, there's too much love in Star Wars books um, at this point. But uh, no, it's all quite re- very relevant to the uh, uh, to the story. I really quite enjoyed it. They sounded like they uh, they had they had the Clear heads on them. They wanted to end all this war, um, but fortunately, there's a lot of the as as we know as we go on. There's a lot of people who don't want it to to end. Uh, there's money to be made from it, and the path of the open hand, obviously, have been manipulating this as well and uh, and uh, feeding off it. Um, so it's uh, as a lot of some really memorable characters in here. I'm just I'm just trying to remember. Uh, 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 let me finish. Let me finish closing out yeah, the. Go before we discuss the book overall. So, and again, I'm a very visual reader. So if you enjoyed Lost Stars, which people do, you'll really enjoy this. And that's why I'm upset that it was spoiled because Path of Deceit, uh, well, let me finish the book and I'll come back to Path of, or to back to the middle grade book. So like I said, you have all these, you have this big battle going on outside the wedding. You have all these bounty hunters trying to get in. Ships are crashing all around them. People are running away from the wedding. And the prince and the princess stand firmly and they tell the chancellor Malo is the one that's marrying them, officiating it. And they look him dead in the eye and they say, you will finish this wedding regardless of what's going on. So me, I'm picturing all these ships crashing and they finish the wedding. They go to lean into a kiss. And then Ziri is why I love her character. She pulls a, a person, a bounty hunter runs in, like gets around all the Jedi running straight up towards the prince of the princess. She reaches under her dress pulls the gun out, shoots the bounty hunter dead, turns to Fantuzan, grabs him and kisses him. And I was like, oh man, that's such an amazing scene. <laughs> All this stuff going on. So they kiss, um, officially married now so they can start the peace talks, but there's all this other stuff going on. This battle's still going on. The Jedi finally beat back the bounty hunters. Uh, several Jedi died a lot from the gas type of thing. So the bounty hunters eventually retreat. But then, as we mentioned, uh, I like the relationship between Gela, Jedi Knight Gela, and uh, Axel Greylark. So he's mm. just this I don't care about anything type of person. And then he hates Jedi, but he learns to love, not love, I should say. He learns to really like Gela and almost call her a friend type of thing. He keeps calling her like my Jedi Knight, like almost teasingly. But then it's he's creating all this chaos around City. And I, again, I picture this they're on a clock tower. And he's like, I'm going to blow up this whole clock tower and I'm going to bring down the defensive shield around this city and flood this whole city. Because remember, it's a water world. And Gela is trying to talk him down. She eventually yanks the remote out of his hand with the force. But it's too late because that was the mistake. So once it left his hand, it detonated bombs planted in other areas of the city. 
So it's like, it's raining. I see these two standing on there. Again, they're just like, I can't turn away from what I've done. You know, I can't turn away from what I've done. I've done terrible things. He's like, I got to end it. And Gail is like, no, I'm not going to give up on you. And she saves him, but it ends up setting off all the bombs anyway. So like two or three other clock towers blow up. The shields come down. The city gets flooded. Um, She's able to capture Axel and like another clock tower comes collapsing down. And I'm picturing, you know, the classic Spider-Man comic scene where the whole building comes down and it's Spider-Man holding it up just to save one person. And that's Gallo. So it's like this whole tower comes down. She's able to hold up the tower so other people can escape. Um, Yeah. And it's and it kind of ends there where it's like they beat back the bounty hunters. They capture Axel Greylark. um, The two get married. And then it's just like, okay, now that we're married, the peace signing should be on Jeddah as a message to the galaxy that we're ready to move forward with this. So overall, the book, Mm -hmm. I like I said, I'm listening to the audio book and already I'm only halfway through. It's already bringing tears to my eyes the way that like she yells at her father, you know, and it's like our planet doesn't cry. We move forward. I'm creating peace when you're creating that disaster. Um, and the parents slowly get behind it all. They get past, and then there's all these other, like I said, the worm tongue, Viceroy Farrell, who's whispering into the king. They eventually just kill him because he's creating such problems. Uh, he gets killed. All these other spies die. Um, but the path of the open hand created chaos, and they pretty much succeeded in pulling the Jedi into it. And yeah, and, they, and it ends with them just, all right, let's go to Jedi and finish these so i thought overall the book it probably it might rank in my top three uh it's how much i'm enjoying it and that's why it could have been higher if it wasn't for that dang middle grade book and literally like the last sentence of that middle grade book is hey did you guys hear that the war has ended on iram and arona that's great all right that's the end of our book and i was like wait a minute wait a minute so i would have went through this entire book thinking that this wedding wasn't going to happen because if path of deceit proved anything, it was don't expect anything and anybody can die. Cause that was the big thing with path of deceit is you get all these characters and then a bunch of them die. And you're like, Oh man, your main characters and you all just died. So who knows if that's the book that kicked off phase two wave one, who knows if anybody is safe in any other book. So I would have went through this entire book fearing that these prince and princesses would die and the peace treaty would fall apart and the path of the open hand would continue their plan. But the entire book I'm reading it, I'm like, well, I know it's going to work because the stupid other book already spoiled it for me. So well, see, I, and I didn't know, this, I didn't know the spoiler and I read that one first, this one first. And like, I totally knew they were going to just end up getting married at the end. <laughs> well, you like, don't, oh, they're going to end up getting married. Because then when you look at uh, phase one and rising storm book, it talks about, the Iram and Arona war that's been mm-hmm. going on for hundreds of years type of thing. So if we don't know if this piece is even going to last longer than this phase two, yeah. or if it's all going to fall apart in uh, cataclysm. So this might be like a temporary piece that they don't really consider peace was ever successful because it specifically says in that rising storm book that there was almost never peace. So type of thing, except for like hundreds of years ago. And we're only back 150. Um, yeah. So, yeah, overall, I did like I, how um, when they were on their little press tour and they kept stopping places, like they'd always get challenged by somebody, <laughs> and one of them yeah. would have to fight. Yeah, yeah, and again, that's great character building because they're 
society is run on who's the strongest and she's just a random princess she's been in battle her entire life she really is strong um and she mm. beats a what was not a pantoran but what uh pan ada is it beats mm-hmm. his species so you know a giant orange skin guy with tusk she's able to win and it, everyone gets behind her and then even this warring planet that hates irem they end up loving the prince because you know he can he scorpions like him so um but yeah it's oh and also so it's yeah what is it, the path of the open hand it kind of told more of their backstory again where they got with when irem when the prince when the queen of irem the water planet needed help and supplies the path of the open hand gave them fuel and gave them food and gave them all sorts of stuff to get them by but then she started manipulating her into making weapons from because each planet has scorpions, but the one on the water planet are extremely poisonous. And she started developing bioweapons, um, which now the path of the open hand is pretty much, you know, digging up all this dirt on her to make more bioweapons. Otherwise, you know, I'll tell the galaxy that you're making bioweapons unless you give them to me. And it's like, okay. So um, I found that very good. All the backstory and everybody I just thought was. Convergence is one of my favorite books of all of High Republic so far. And it's, it, I loved it. All the characters are great, and I can't wait to see where they move into, because Axel Greylark is in prison, and the mother is still communicating with him, and she's like, you know, uh, you're my chaos type of thing, you know, and he has, like, this nickname of chaos, um, so it's, I can't wait to read Phase 2 because of all the stuff that happened to this one. Did he call her mother, or did he call her Cassandra? I can't remember. I can't remember for sure. I know there's two, the two other spies kept calling her the mother, no. um, but he kind of was just like, Oh, you hate the Jedi? I hate the Jedi too. Oh, dude, we can and get along. They, they thought they thought he was reporting back everything to his actual mother when he was actually reporting back to mother. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the good thing about the book is when it says, "Oh, mother," it's capital M, so I know right away that they mean the mm. mother. But if you didn't read Path of Deceit, and they're just like, "How many moms are we talking about in this book?" Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's really yeah. it is it is it it does really uh, come good uh, this book. I say after that bit of a slow start for me. Um, and especially listening to the uh, the audible thing, um, I cry. Ax, Axel, Axel Gray, uh, Greylock, yeah, Greylock. yeah, yeah, Greylock, yeah, whatever. Um, he, he, I hated him for the minute I minute I uh, he, he came he came into the story, um, but then by the end I was like, oh no, it's the end. I want more Axel. Um, it was just uh, it's like a Han Solo times ten sort of thing, wasn't he? Sort of a, a bit of a uh, spoke. Buckling sort of a uh, smuggler the, come gangster. The audio kind of threw me off for him because I, he sounded older than what I what he I guess he was. Like he sounded like an older guy, like in the audiobook, but he was supposed to be like in his twenties. So <laughs> yeah, I mean I see him as an upper twenties, you know, low thirties, whatever. Maybe he's you know the He's son of a champ- same age as Gela. So yeah, mm. I did. Yeah, like I like their I like their interactions between them two. Uh, he kind of mm. kept semi-seducing her and then she was kind of like oh but i'm a jedi kind of thing and she was starting to have feelings for him too but then he totally like turned yeah <laughs> it was like friendship feelings so oh and i loved that the friendship between prince fantu and him because they're just like fantu's like i like everybody but i just hate this guy and then yeah. at the end they're like joking with each other and and yeah, that's so that's when axel's like i don't want to be a bad person but i'm already too deep like i can't stop like they're gonna hate me whether I succeed or not, so I'm just going to take down the Jedi 
But then she cares about Gilla. Fan 2 won't turn his back on him. So everyone's showing him all this love, which he felt like he never had. Um, so he's got a very interesting character arc. Absolutely. And then they move on to Jetta, and that takes us to the audio drama Battle of Jetta. See, I was yes. confused on that one because I don't know. Well, it was just kind of weird because this one was supposed to be they're doing the uh, actual peace treaty that resulted from the wedding, but yet no one from the inner circle of the wedding or anything went to the peace treaty. <laughs> yeah, I did find that weird too. Ziri and Fantu, the prince and the princess, yeah, they didn't, didn't go. They sent delegations. Oh, you take care of which I get it because they're like, well, we're going to we're still giving out aid to our planet. We're still doing our press run that we're marriage establishing peace. Uh, can you guys just go sign this peace treaty? And it's just like, well, that's kind of weird, huh? Yeah. And then they made it seem like the, all they had to do was just sign it. And that was it was simple. Then why did they go to Jeddah? Why did they just like get a ship in between both planets and sign it there with a few people? Like I thought well, it was kind of odd. Jeddah is supposed to be kind of a big holy area for all the meetings of the people who follow mm. the force. So not having it on the planet was supposed to be for the Republic type of thing. It's like, okay, mm. we'll, we'll do the peace treating here in front of the Republic because everyone knows the planet Jetta. So like, let's, and they're not in the Republic. Iram and Arona are not in it. So they're like, well, they'll go here. They'll sign the peace treaty to show the Republic that they want to commit to the peace. So yeah, because, because they were warring, it was disrupting all the trade routes and other plants were getting affected and, yeah, so it's a, like it's that. a political stunt, pretty much. Let's just go to this yeah, more yeah. famous planet in the sign. And I, I like that it called back to um, the first book, Path of Deceit, because now this is the result of uh, Marta wanting to go to Jeddah and setting up a camp there and being part of the delegation. And they keep uh, trying to become a prominent sect in Jeddah because I guess they have this uh, group that's a bunch of religious heads that kind of make decisions but they kind of are kind of uh, not accepting of the path of the open hand. So they still feel like they're slighted. But I guess they have like a camp there that they set up like a hospital to help people and provide aid. Which the Marvel High Republic comic going on right now, the main run, it wasn't making a lot of sense to me. I didn't know what the connection was. And again, this is where it's like High Republic is so connected. You just need to step back and let the story play out. But the comic wasn't making a lot of sense to me. But I did get a lot of backstory before the Battle of Jeddah. Like they talked hmm. about all of these other religions. They talked about the planet. They talked about the, the summit. Um, where all these, and not about the peace treaty, but... There's also, it's, I forgot what they called it, like the signing of light or something, where all the people who follow the force, they come to Jeddah to openly discuss things. And mm -hmm. Pat, the open hand, is making their first appearance to be like, the Jedi are wrong, the force is terrible. And everyone's like, man, you guys suck. I'm like, just shut up. <laughs> and in Battle of Jeddah, so again, the comic did, did good giving that backstory. It was a great filler around Battle of Jeddah, where again, I guess I'm just not a huge fan of audio dramas because it doesn't have the descriptive writing that I enjoy. So when a Jedi drops their lightsaber in Battle of Jeddah, the character in-universe has to say, oh no, I've dropped my lightsaber. And nobody says that. The narrator in your mind says it. And that's my problem because there's no scene setting in audio dramas. So that, that's why I'm just... It's hard personally for me to, who's a visual reader to set the scene in my head when I don't have a narrator saying, and again, I do this all the time. I, I literally act scenes out that I'm listening to in audiobooks because it's like, oh, Axel Greylark, you know, 
stink eider and i just kind of like do like a stink eye you know type of thing like so i play these scenes out like a video in my mind but audio drama is just people talking with no scenes and i'm like i can't i don't understand it and the voices are similar i mean i'm not going to put down in the book it was a good book the battle of jetta pretty much they went to the peace treaty the bath of the open hand created chaos because in the comic book they show up they start spreading all this misinformation about the Force. They start spreading all the Jedi are terrible. Even the other uh, religions of the Force are like, yeah, we don't really agree with you guys on that type of thing. Well, then the Path of the Open Hand gets to the people who live on Jedha, and they're like, the Force is evil, the Jedi... So they start spreading all this misinformation. And then there is a, uh, let's just call it a coup, to overthrow the signing of the peace treaty, if you know what I mean. So that's kind of what they create all this hate and all this anger to go cancel this peace treaty and just pretty much support Path of Hand. They tear down the city. Um, they pull down a big statue, which is a great callback to Rogue One. When Rogue, when you're flying through Jetta, when we first see it, there's this giant statue that's like pretty much buried in the sand and knocked over. So again, what I love about Star Wars is everything gets a backstory. So you have a, a statue in the sand in Rogue One now gets a mention in a phase, you know, in a phase two book of the High Republic of why it fell and what happened, which is just people going crazy and they're like, we don't no longer like the force, and they rip the statue down. So and then yeah, I, I, thought kinda... it, I thought it was a interesting like they had um because they were doing like a solstice festival or something like that at the same time which is why salandra show came and like she took like that shuttle that ended up like she had to save everybody um but there's things for them to go walk around and see so then she wanted to go she was meeting with the other i forgot who the jedi was that was uh kind of leading the peace talk things but she wanted him to go to like the mirror cave which is like the same from um last jedi which and, I thought that was that was a cool callback too. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, th- that was great when they started talking about that. I was like, whoa! I had to rewind and listen to it again because it's so. The it must be that the mirror is either from Jetta because remember they stripped Jetta down. The Empire ripped Jetta apart. Um, you know, just stripped it for everything, including because Jetta was a big supplier of uh, Kyber crystals too. They ripped everything, so mm-hmm. it was either another kind of force mirror. They gave it a specific name and that too is either another one or it's one that was ripped out of there and put in uh Octu, which I doubt I just kind of considered another force mirror. Yeah, it's another one. I don't think it was something they could rip out because it was like a natural thing. It wasn't like they put the mirrors there. Yeah. What it's Yeah, but I guess it shows you what you um need to see force wise. So I thought that was uh, good. That that one Jedi was all stressed out, then he went there and felt better afterwards. So Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then, um, what else happened in there? Yeah, it's what. Yeah, I wrote it down. It's they don't like you're right. They don't show you what you need to see, but what you need to understand in yourself. Yeah. So it's kind of like that mystical Yoda type uh, knowledge, and then it still applies to the Last Jedi. It's like, what do you need in yourself? Um, your yourself is what Ray needed to see. Like you're you, you know, regardless of what your history is, regardless of, you know, whatever it is with cloning and all that stuff. You're you still your own future. That, yeah, so that's what she needed to see. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, oh, it's the Kyber mirrors of Jetta. So it's a Kyber, Kyber mirror. mirror. Yeah, because the Kyber was that the same Kyber temple from uh, Rogue One, right? That they're guarding. 
Like the wheels. Yeah, it's under it's underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. Then you had that whole um that guy that was the uh the kid that was the one that was working for the church of the force. I think that's what it was called. And he was kind of assisting I mean, you had that robot. That yeah, was Keith's, funny. I was gonna say a, a big shout out to uh Keith Serapath, which is the saddest part of the the whole book is uh is fate. But this joy P three was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> he just kept saying absolute riot. He just starts croting. The only way he can communicate is through croting parts of the uh oh, what was it, is the church's sort of book or something like it's a bit like only being able to croak from Guardians of the Will. Yeah. Uh, so everything he says is is he always uh, says like these sly like remarks, but he says it with a quote from like some text or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, he's like even the ignorant can feel the force or something. <laughs> like it says something like insulting. <laughs> and I like I to try and find some of his quotes because it, it or some of the things he yeah. says is quite amusing. Yeah, there's a lot of mentions of the graph and the Santecas again. So any callback yeah. to them, how their things are building. Um, are pretty good. So again, it, they ended up killing a Santeca and all this stuff. So um, it was all right. You know, like I said, it's it's more of my negativity towards auto dramas that I'm like, ugh. But um, once the, the opposite, eat, I can cl- I can close my eyes and I just picture like a movie the whole time when they're talking. So I I have, I need the scene setup. I need their facial structures. I need them to say, um, you know, Fantu side eyed. You know, and Axel Greylark smugly leaned against a chair. That's what I build it in my mind. Not just, oh no, I dropped my saber. You're not going to pick that up. I'm going to whip you with this. And I'm like, characters don't speak like that, man. Like, I don't like that stuff. There was a mix. I mean, yeah, it was, it certainly was difficult at uh, uh, quite a few times doing this uh, audio drama, understanding what's going on. The battle scenes are either overly too descriptive or they're just, we just hear is bang, crash, wallop, and no idea what any of those sound effects and grunting actually means. You can't imagine it in your in your in your, in your head exactly what is what is happening. Yeah, and uh, oh, the mother was also there. So part of the that made people riot not only was the path of the open hand, but they also released the leveler on the planet, um, which creates fear. I guess for humans, it creates fear and stuff like that. Where Jedi, it creates fear and sucks their abilities. So that was another thing that really started riling everybody up. There was other there was other creatures let loose as well, wasn't there? Amongst all, yeah. never know. That uh, the little Padawan girl like felt sorry for those uh, animals. That what were they eating them? What were they doing? They're like farming them, right? Or uh, right, like just a... zoos or something. But yeah, that was more yeah. of a storytelling aspect, just so characters could be like, oh, what you saw was just those other weird creatures, and they're like, no, it's something bigger. So that was just kind of like a story touch. Well, no, and then that that whole thing, like she let them out, and then she got attacked as a result, and those creatures attacked other things, and then they went out back like they were the saviors, and like, oh, we saved the city. Like, well, it was your guys' fault. Yeah. <laughs> and and that led to them like being able to convince people, like, oh, look, they helped everybody, and the path of the open hand are these saviors, and. All they want to do is like give us aid, and you know they come to the rescue. And where are the Jedi? They're not anywhere isn't, around. Isn't doing this whole, doing this whole battle and everything, all this chaos going on. Isn't like the heralds speaking from the steps, going yes, and preaching and stuff. Like all this chaos and explosions and death going all around him. And at the same time, he's going. Look, and dude, then they're blaming the Jedi. Like, look what you guys did with all this chaos. Like you just riled everybody up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you release the leveler. You told all these people they're liars. You keep spinning everyone because it's funny. Everyone, even the other religions, are like, "Yeah, nobody said that." They're like, "They said it," and it's like, "No, they did it." But then people are like, "Kill the Jedi," and it's like, "Wait a minute!" So <laughs> what is going on here? Um, mostly, yeah, the the, the got the the obviously with eleven are confusing people, and then the Herald um, spoke to know it sort of just manipulates and confuses people exactly what's going on. They all just start mm-hmm. to beat each other up uh, for no good. For no reason that they can think of other than that they need to do it. But of course, at the same time, you've got it gets even worse when you've got the Irem and Irem's um, um, forces um, move in, don't they? Uh, after the uh, some yeah, they came to the peace treaty with battleships. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, as you do, as you do. Um, that caused uh, and one of those Jedi's. I can't remember. It gets that great big. Um, speech doesn't he? Um, we've got that bit yet where he's sort of um, to the soldiers and stuff. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he's in the middle of everybody. Uh, that's it. And the, com- the comic does a good job filling all that in, and then what uh, happens after Battle of Jedi, like the cleanup and um, some of that. It's there's still they got I like four or five. They got like four more issues still. So again, it's gonna see it's gonna be interesting how it closes out, and then obviously teases uh, Phase Two, Wave Two, where it starts setting everybody up, where two Jedi's go back to Ira Minirona which is going to be what Cataclysm was about. So the next adult novel Cataclysm, released in April, because I know Stephen's going to ask, is going to be back to Irem and Arona. And so we're going back to which I think is great, because I really want to know if this piece works or if it fails, because that affects what was said in Rising Storm. So very interesting for me. A lot of more setups. Um, so we got... You know, they're going back to Cataclysm. We got Axel Greylark locked up going somewhere. We got uh, Destroyer Droids is being funded by the Graf family. So the Graf family is involved with the Path of the Open Hand. Um, They have the Leveler now. Like, things just kind of going. I'm glad this just two waves. Um, I feel like they're closing in on the mother, though. I don't think she has very much longer to be around. Because Salandra's... was telling them that she got a weird feeling around her and then the same feeling came back when the levelers were attacking the temple and she yeah, kind of so, saw one so. yeah Salandra is aware that something or somehow her force abilities were being drained and two jet two jedi were turned to dust on that planet too yeah. but nobody knows this is the leveler nobody knows what it is type of thing but, and so there's still... helps the mother at the end and i was so mad like why are you being so naive like with <laughs> this woman mm. But I guess she's a Jedi, so she has to, you know, be benevolent and help whoever needs help. She didn't know the mother caused all this, really, but... Yeah. You know. Oh, that was the thing that we kind of touched on before, right? Was the... We're talking about this this one. That when Salandra went with the mother back to pick up Marta, and she met up with them, that they were in the middle of doing some exchange, and then somebody got killed with the lightsaber. Mm, I don't right? remember. And that was kind of like showing that they were getting some artifact that they were supposed to be there for. That that was the whole point of the distraction. You said it was in the comics or something, right? Uh, Do you remember that? I haven't got to those comics yet, so I don't remember. I haven't either. Yeah. Yeah, the comics we'll have to discuss at a later date just because (laughs) the books are all finished, but the comics won't be finished for like another Mm. couple months. I mean, they should hopefully the wait. It's almost April now. Yeah, it's almost April. Mm. (laughs) The next wave of books is about to come out but the comics are obviously going to go long and long past those books so i wonder if these comics they're probably going to cover the entire phase 
But I hope so. It'd be interesting to see where those Jedi go now that I think about it. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was interesting that uh, Salander was like, because uh, what the mother had just killed the Graf guy. Yeah. And she... then uh, yeah, she killed the Graf guy that sent those bounty hunter guys to attack the uh, with Salandra and the other guy. Um, and then she so she kind of helped her to get back to find Marta and the rest of the path. But when she got there, somebody was dying. And then when they left, she realized that oh, they got killed by a lightsaber. Like who had a lightsaber? <laughs> you know, and that's pretty much the lightsaber that Marta had from um what's his name in the first book yeah they like, uh, you mentioned a yellow lightsaber and that is yeah. the color of his lightsaber mm-hmm. yeah so they're tying everything in with that I thought that was pretty cool that they were uh, doing callbacks to that book too yeah I don't know I think they're kind of closing in on her and they're gonna I mean and then they're trying to question uh what what's her name was um discussing how they're still trying to interview uh Axel to try to find out who he was talking to and he wasn't giving up any information yeah I felt like it it accomplished and I don't know where I sit as far as the comparing it to the other audio drama that they had for phase uh phase one um at least that one I felt like it gave a lot of story to uh that Tempest Runner uh name so it gave a lot of a good story to that uh but instead of big Jedi I think Solander show battles or another Jedi battles one of the magicians, the brothers of the ninth, whatever, door. And uh so there's there's still a lot of big battles in the book. Um but yeah, it's just overall again the High Republic is just a master class of storytelling and connectivity. And I'm glad to see that we're firmly in the middle chapters right now. And here in another month we're gonna start kicking off the end of the phase. So it's uh but that that's kind of the review for Phase two, wave one. I, well, I like how they, they. I didn't never expect them to do like a backstory on the uh, the path of um, they call yeah. it, um, denial and all that stuff. Yeah, and, that's what I love about Star Wars. Everything can have a backstory, and we're going back 150 years. And I'm like, what kind of story can you tell? And it's like, oh my gosh, just the backstory to the leveler. Oh, it's the backstory mm-hmm. to the Nile. You know, it's the family of the Nile. It's all these other mysteries. It's the backstory of the Rod of Seasons. All this stuff. It's like, man, this is a lot of great information. Yeah, I mean, I mean when I when first said that Phase 2 was going to go back, you know, 100, 150 years or so, I wasn't amazingly uh, enthusiastic about that. I was thinking, well, we just got to a really big point here. I want to continue this story. Yeah. So uh, but, Trying to uh, learn all the characters' names. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's, it's, it's all working out, and I think we're starting to see exactly why they did it, like they are doing, and I've got, I got a feeling that it's going to pay off big time. Yeah. At least I, have I a just, big batch of death and lots of mysteries, so we can jump back to phase three. I, I appreciate the uh, the um, similarity between this and like the movies. Like You had the original trilogy, then you went back and did prequels, and then you did sequels, so that's kind of like what they're doing with this. Like You had the original story, now we're in the prequel era, and then after this, we're going to go back to see what happened after with Martian and stuff. And, it's, uh, and even even the authors admit it, that was completely their plan type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Where people are trying to spin the stuff, they're like, see, they didn't give us enough stories, so they're just telling us this. I'm like, dude, they've, they've had this book written for over a year. <laughs> like, you can't just say, well, like they're, they're just throwing all this stuff in there. No, this was all planned from the beginning. Like they have the beginning, middle, and end planned out before these books were ever written, and it just unfolds. Yeah, authors get a little leeway to kind of explain characters, um, but the main points of the stories were already planned out, and it really is, like I said, just a masterclass of connectivity 
as storytelling that broadens the entire Star Wars universe. And then we were talking about um, what was it, Into the Dark, when they had the the flashback storyline with when they had Arona and uh, Iram. There was a prince and a princess there too, right? That was Rising Storm. Was that Rising Storm? Yeah, because remember it was uh, the Jedi that doubted themselves because there was a big battle 25 years earlier. That's what I was like. What is the point of these 25 year earlier stories? And it's to kind of tell that the Jedi was scared to fail again because they went there and everyone ended up kind of dying anyway. Yeah. They failed and their master died. Um, and that's where it was like they had another prince and princess. And it was like, listen, we had peace hundreds of years ago. And I'm like, are you referring to phase two? Yeah. <laughs> even beyond that type of thing. So I'm interested to see how phase two uh, either supports or disproves what they're saying in Rising Storm. Um, so I'm a little apprehensive about it, but again, it's High Republic has been doing great on the way they connect stories, and I'm sure if there's some sort of connection, they'll plainly lay it out for us. In light of the Jedi, when they eventually were they still at war, Arona and Iram? Iram? They've been at war for hundreds of years. They just so they still really are then, right? About. Like currently, or not currently, but like in Phase One, they were still at war. Or were they? Well, because remember, in in Rising Storm, it was 25 years earlier, and they're like, well, maybe we can grow together and create peace type of thing. And then that was kind of it. It really didn't mm. talk about if it officially worked or what the current standing of an Iron Marona is. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think because when the Nile were attacking, and then you had the uh, the Queen or whatever it was from was it from Iram or from Irino? Uh, that was like the one that was talking to the uh, to what's his name the when they queen, were attacking. I would say like the queen was from Irem because she still had mm. a queen consort, just mm. like Irem does now. So two queens. I'm gonna go back and read like the Jedi to see what connects. <laughs> now, that, yeah. now that former path member that Yoda turned up with at the end of uh, Phase One, he was referred to in the battle for Jedi as well. I'm pretty sure who's his he? name. Pretty sure I heard his name mentioned at least once. He was in Path of Deceit. He was in Path of Deceit for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in Tomac, Tomac or Tromac. Tromac, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I heard his name mentioned when they were talking about the children again. Um, Wait, was he supposed to be the one that showed up with Yoda? I thought he was. At the end of Midnight Horizon, yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't put that together. I thought it was a completely new person. Huh. No, no, because I only kind of figured it out because after all that phase ended, I went through and I reread all the comics instead of having month and two month spans in them. And then it was the Yoda story made a lot more sense where he took the leader of Tromac um, and he just was like, listen, we're going to go look for about this purple crystal that's uh, bringing up all these nameless. So Yoda has some knowledge about these things and all this negativity that you see online. It's like, well, shouldn't someone know about this? If we're experiencing it 150 years before that people are turning to dust, they should be well aware of what is happening in phase mm -hmm. one. Again, there's a 150 year gap. Um, there's very few characters alive, but there's always yeah, Yoda. Nobody witnessed, nobody's witnessing anything. Guess what happened in phase one? And Yoda, they removed Yoda. They removed the biggest players in phase one. They removed Yoda and they removed um, uh, the female Jedi. I forgot her name. Um, of the big three, you know, with the blonde hair and the cover Ava? of Legend of the Jedi. Ava? Yeah, Avar Chris. Yeah, sorry. I hmm. always name far people. Well, she's not so, alive yet, right? No, no, not yet. But I'm saying in phase one, they were 
they removed the biggest players, which I view Avar as one of the biggest players, and they removed Yoda. So everyone's like, all the negativity online is, shouldn't someone know what's going on? Well, someone does. And that person was removed from phase one on a mysterious task that he don't know what he did. He went off planet with Tromac, who was alive during all of this, who experienced it. They all left. They crashed. They were gone for the entirety of phase one. They come back and Tromac has gone insane. And Yoda's just like, we must look to the past. And we're like, okay, cool. Here we are. So that negativity mm, yeah, well, is Tromac upsetting. would know everything. Yeah, that negativity is upsetting because uh, it's like, not every Jedi was alive. Yeah, there's records and stuff, but I'm sure I can't look back 150 years and know exactly what happened on March 4th. Uh, I'm not going to do the math <laughs> in the 1700s or whatever. Well, uh, and plus, we know that the Jedi are relatively inward um, when it comes to sharing uh, yeah. knowledge. And yeah. plus, anything about the nameless is more likely to be held under classified and stuff because it would obviously send a whole lot more panic through jedi for years to come to think that there's this kind of these kind of beings out there so they're going to kind of they're going to shelf them under top secret and probably not hopefully not leave them in somebody's garage well, um, and then, like you know even why? like when reading like right you know i started reading padawan and like um I mean, kind of spoilers for that one but um obi-wan stumbles upon something from orla jereni and he's like, well, there's no other data in this file. Like, did she ever go back to this planet that she discovered? So okay. there's, like, missing information, like, from this era that never got completed and put in the in the temple archives or whatever. So, I mean, I, just because uh, somebody sees something doesn't mean it got reported back then, you know? Yes. It's like, now, like, you have historical data from back during, you know, ancient times or whatever, and, or 100 years back, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's been written down, you know? <laughs> So, or they got to search through a hundred years worth of files in written yeah. data instead of just googling the word. Uh, yeah. mm. So, it's again, it, it was all planned out. It's going to be told. Yoda was removed. Now Yoda's back. We're going to get backstories on Yoda's adventures. What happened there? Because remember, in the comics for Phase One, he saw that purple crystal. He knew it was on the Nile ship. He knows Mark Yanro has it, and then he left with Tromac to be like, "Listen, we need to look." at where he got this and what's going on. Boop, he crash lands and that's it. And we don't know anything that happened. What was the purple crystal? Did they explain anything? Well, that's here and that was uh, making the route of seasons or whatever it is. Mm. So, cause they have it here. I mean, I thought it was going to be the leveler type of thing, but obviously that was way too big. It was a egg, but uh, mm. they're gathering all the parts to control the leveler. And remember the rod was separated at some point after phase two, they lose the rod um, because it's froze. Half the rod is frozen in ice and the other half, I think Markian already has. So that's where he puts them together and unlocks the leveler. Interesting. His powers combined. So we've got one more month until the next big book. Quest for Planet X. Quest for Planet X, the middle grade, yep. and the adult novel Cataclysm both drop on April 4th. Are they the last two of this phase, or is there uh, phase two? Phase two is only wave is only two waves, so this is going to be the end of the story. There's also going to be the young adult book too. Right. So when does phase phase three uh, start? Is that going to be next year or at the end of this year? Um. If this is in April, I would guess it's at the end of the year. 
they don't yeah. take that big of a gap. It might be like six months. So I could yes, definitely how, how long was it? Yeah, how long was the whole project? That was uh they said years from the beginning, which we're yeah. about to cross. You know, we're about to cross. We're into our second year now. It doesn't seem like a, a minute ago was already in the light of the Jedi. Yeah, really? I know. That was one heck of a introduction. Um, okay. So uh, we've reached our little, at the end of our little uh, recap. Uh, gone a bit more than an hour, I think, uh, talking about these Three books and what excites so we'll probably have another um i expect we'll have a uh what should we do as it's a junior novel and a big but we'll probably have one big recap uh thing do they come out close together yeah it's on a, april is the adult middle grade and then may 2nd is path of vengeance so, right so we then, could probably do seven late we could probably do seven late may perhaps june and uh and uh wrap up this uh phase two wave two wrap it up yeah excellent all right well thank you very much everybody thanks for joining us i uh, hope everybody's enjoyed the high republic uh uh recap of uh free books in an hour which is how we like to do it here uh eighteen thousand words written of ryan's notes um, <laughs> digested in no time at all and uh, uh as ever uh you will hear uh, some words at the end of this podcast and how you can follow us uh, on various social media and stuff, and uh, you're more than welcome to uh, do so. So join our Facebook group. group. Let us know what you think. Yes, please do. We are we are bursting to hear what everybody else is uh, thinking of these these books um, so far. Mega Macho, we shall see you again. Bye bye. For light life. Light we life. are one. We are I am the Senate. Be sure to follow us online. We're at Facebook at PSW Senate. Join our Positive Star Wars Facebook group. We all are in there interacting. You can find us on Twitter at PSW Senate. On Instagram, we're at PSW Senate Podcast. And on TikTok, we're at PSW Senate Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you. The Force will be with you. Always.
get ahead well, stuff. Yeah, that's right. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll go back over it again. So a bit of a, as a bit of a, um, a subplot to all this, as I've seen somebody posted it in Reddit, and I think you commented on it as well, and I might, I might as well. How much do you think the Sith were involved in all which is going on at the moment? Um, I like to think that they're not involved type of thing. So it's almost like they're learning from this type of thing. Not really learning because they're the Sith, so they always got a plan type of thing. I don't want the Sith to seem weak, but, you know, they might take the opportunity to continue through what someone else has started. So hmm. I don't want And again, I'm not really invested in either one. So if it ends up being like a Sith uh, that's manipulating Marta Rowe, because remember, she's getting all sorts of money from somebody. Hmm. Uh, so she might ultimately, he might have just, a Sith could have just used her hate to help fuel his own agenda, which has caused problems in the galaxy type of thing. So I'd be fine with something like that. But if it's like Markeon's a Sith, I'm like, no, dude, that's dumb. No. <laughs> I, like, I, I like the idea. And apparently, you know, this was a huge thing in uh, anything with the sequels. I like people being their own people. So if the Everini and Marky and Roe and his family just naturally hate the Jedi and they cause a lot of problems, that's fine. Nothing has to be related to the Sith at all times. Can they push some things? Yeah, they can, you know, maybe cause a little problems here and there, but other people can pro cause problems in the galaxy other than the Sith. It's a big galaxy. Yes. Um, and... I mean, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of with you, I think. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't hate it if the Sith were... You know, playing the playing the the game here and manipulating people, um, but uh, ultimately it would be nice. The the, the way it seems to at the moment was being there was no mention of the Sith. Um, it would uh, you could you could see the Sith coming and uh, just uh, picking up the uh, the remains of what's left left off at the end of this and using it to their advantage. But yeah, yeah. Now, now might be our time because the Jedi are on the, on the way, you know, and weakened from what's happened. Um, doing all this, learned, you know, learned from it, kind of thing. It's like, well, we know what happened with the hyperspace disaster and how they fall through, and people are becoming dependent on them. Like, what if people started hating them, and then we turned against them, type of thing? So, mm. yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, I mean. We don't know much about this, uh, these t artifacts and stuff, and I don't think so. We haven't had any clear um, Sith mentions in any of the artifacts and stuff, and they'd be mentioned like the dark side. I think someone has mentioned them being dark side, um, uh, off the dark side, shall we say. Um, I think that was near the end of the, end, end of the Battle of Jedi. I think that, I can't remember the name of the Jedi who was in that one, sort of sort of sensed the dark yeah. side, I think, in whatever was present at the PAFs HQ. Um, it was interesting that somebody has mentioned, also mentioned on uh, Reddit, um, High Republic related, but going back to phase one about the um, the nameless and the Nevener on the uh, on the Starlight Beacon and what happened to them. Because, <laughs> like, you know, I never, never even thought about it after. There's so much else going on that yeah. uh, the fate of the fate of the nameless was not really in the forefront of my mind. Uh, 
Well, it's definitely been on my like the backside of my mind because I know that they mentioned that they had locked her like in the basement or whatever. They they captured the thing there. So now it's like, well, what the heck happened to it? So I'm definitely wondering and I hope it's not abandoned type of thing either. Mm. Yes. Well, a bit like the uh I was going to say the Ferengi them a bit too much Star Trek in the last uh, five days. Um, the the Dranga, um, and they're sort of. Uh, in, I was almost convinced, you know, that they were going to be more than they were. Uh, though they did, though. Obviously, people reading just the books would think that they hardly hardly were in it. Um, but obviously they did have a lot more uh, involvement. It's just it's a little bit of a shame that we didn't get this too, just a little bit more Dranga. But hey, I wouldn't be surprised if they were back again in uh, phase three uh, in some form. I mean, they're a bit one-dimensional in some respects, aren't they? I suppose they're just like, meat, meat, must have some more meat. Um, whereas, they're uh, good like they're, they're good villains overall. I don't see them as making big scheming plans. But no. They're like cannon fodder villains that could do a lot of damage. Yeah, generally, apart from when we first met them on their planet through that... Um, into the dark portal thing, into that planet. There was all so really good conversation going on back and back and fro in that one. But that's been about the most interesting they've had, interesting conversation they've had. Uh, we've had with the Drengear. Uh, rest of the time, it's all about they just want to eat something. Um, so it's a bit like a, they're a bit like cats, aren't they? Yeah. So they just want to, they just want to be fed. You're not going to have an intellectual conversation with them. Um, all right. So with pre-discussions with uh, with Ryan, while we was just setting the stage and stuff, we said that um, we sort of uh, riz through uh, Crest for the Hidden City thing because there's not really not there to to speak mm. about, um, and then sort of concentrate more on convergence and probably concentrate a bit more on uh, battle uh, battle for Jedi or battle of Jedi. I can't remember. Is it four of? Well, I keep I keep getting it wrong. Uh, could be either. I don't know if it's right or not, though. Uh, well, it could be either, either, or either, couldn't it? Um, because just to get us up to date, we need to skip. Through, we need to not spend too much time on anything. Just see so that we get through the free free books, and we're not falling any further behind. Um, on the discussion, I think it's battle of so. Battle uh, of. But I have I have notes for convergence, so. Um, once we kind of like kick off and say what we're doing and all that, uh, I can do convergence if, you know, I don't know if somebody else wanted to do the quick part for quest or talk about battle of Jetta. Cause I didn't, I didn't m- minimize my notes for the other two. I only had time for convergence. Convergence. Just convergence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all running together. I, I can't remember any of them right now, unfortunately, but well, I'm sure bits will come to me as we speak. Like I'm actually listening one. to Convergence audiobook right now, too. So, because uh, my that's library. The one, that's the one with the wedding and everything, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the wedding, the city of bats, and then the peace treaty with, I guess, the battle. The street, the street fight. Yeah. The city of bats. Oh, Scorpio. Yeah. Street fights. Uh, no, bat, yeah. Basically, yeah. Religion, wedding, bats. <laughs> is what it, what it all comes down to in one word. We should try that. I should try that on Reddit, shouldn't I? Summarize each 
uh, High Republic book by in one word. One word. Yeah, yeah one word. Not a lot. <laughs> That'd be a bit of a challenge, for people. Um, right. So, um, we get going then, are we? Yeah. Okay, we can go. I'm ready. <laughs>